This episode is brought to you by Andrew Vai and Lisa Lavulo. Thank you for the generous donation and your continued support. We see y'all, fam. What we doing it for? We doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to For the Culture's podcast. What it do, Kaipu? I'm your host, D-Boy. And I'm your host, Bex Bumble. And we have a special episode here for y'all today. Uh, if y'all have been tuning in for the past few weeks, we've been promoting a film that is going to be screened here in the Bay Area next week. Mm. Uh, it's the film Moana Nui Akea. One ocean, one people, one, one canoe. canoe. Yay. Yes. And I might have mixed up the order of that, but you know, you know no, what I'm right. talking yeah. about. Um, but we have a special guest with us on the show. Um, we have the director online with us, Naalehu Anthony. Yay. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How's it going? That was hella week. I know, that was hella week. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Naalehu? Good. I'm good. I'm uh, just making my way up to the to the Bay Area and um, looking forward to the screenings coming up next week. Hey, we're excited. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yes. Super excited. Yes, thank you so much for um, just for making time to have a conversation with us today uh, as a way to not only promote the film, but also to get to know you as the director and one of the crew members of um, Aboard the Hokulea voyage, yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean it's it's like uh, the, the the story of the canoe is something that has connected all sorts of folks all over the place, now all over the world. So absolutely, really looking forward to the discussion today with you guys. Yes, and thank you so much for uh, giving us the exclusive look. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We still we still plan to, uh, to meet you there though at the screenings at both screenings. Yep. Because, you know, we want to be there in uh, not in just spiritual support, but also physical support as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it, it's um, I know you guys had a chance to watch parts of it um, with the screener, but it's an entirely different thing when you're watching it on a really big screen with a bunch of people. Absolutely. Really different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. I can't wait to I can't wait to see it and engage in it with the community at large. Um, but before we get into it, Naalehu, would you mind um, just giving us a little bit of a background of who you are? Sure. My name is Naalehu Anthony. I um, I live on the island of Oahu in a really small community um, called Ka'ava. And for the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, I've been a um, documentary filmmaker and and just really kind of looked at the ways in which story and the ways in which kind of uh, retaking back the, the narrative from, um, mm. from others who have claimed it from us is a way of empowering not only us as storytellers, but our people who want to see a positive reflection of themselves in media. Mm. Man. I'm I'm so inspired and so moved just because uh, I too or I, I always call myself an aspiring filmmaker hmm. just because I've only done student stuff and like local music videos but I definitely connect and uh, what what you say resonates with me a whole lot so thank you for uh, the path that you've created and just for the films that you've that you've made for us by us yeah All right. Um, it's uh, very inspiring 
And thank you. I can't wait to to dive into it more. Uh, but yeah. so, something that yeah, we right always on. like to do on the podcast before we get started, um, you know, we gotta we gotta do our cultural protocol, and we always, whenever we have a guest on with us, we always ask them if they would like to um, give any kind of offering, whether it be a blessing, a prayer, you know, a mantra or a proverb, anything that you would just like to share to ground us in this episode um, and prepare us for what we are about to uh, embark on. Yeah. Is, is, is it okay if I do it in Hawaiian and then oh, maybe translate it afterwards? Please, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so Okamua... Nui ko mahalo ya oko no ke balao ana no ke hui ana ma ke kelepona. You know, nui ko mahalo no ka no ke ma manada akako e hui ai. Oka so olalo no ya mai kai no ke balao ana oka olalo no ya o eva he moku he moku eva a nakamea a hiki ke ike ka mana o kava makaina makaina makekahi vahi mai hawaii ai kaina e ke manava and all i said was you know i'm just thankful for the time that we we had together today and that the proverb that i would share is that there's an ancient proverb that says uh, the canoe is an island and the island is a canoe mm. and that what we have here in this space is that we can find our canoe anywhere uh, whether it's in Hawaii um, or even in this this far away land uh, that we're, we're at now mm-hmm. nice yeah I really I love that man I feel that so much it makes me think of a line that uh, I heard, uh, I believe in the film, there was a navigator who was speaking about how um, the the voyage, right? The voyage mm. of Moana Nui Akea was is known as uh, Malama Honua, mm. and how the the canoe is the Honua. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Hawaiian, Honua has so many different connotations. Honua can be um, the world. Honua can just be your place wherever you happen to be mm. um, at current. And and taking care of that place is such an important piece of the puzzle when we're looking at how it is that we embrace um, this collective spirit, that it's not just about whatever we have to do is as a singular human, but how it is that we take care of all of the things around us and, and how that motivates us mm. to do different things, more positive things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for blessing us and blessing Thank our you. episode with that. Uh, no, mahalo nui for all, um, the, all the work that you folks are doing. Thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> We're trying. Um, so normally uh, I know... Our listeners are, are used to a certain uh, format, but because this is a special episode, we really just want to get into the conversation with mm-hmm. Na'alehu today. Yes. Um, but we do, wanna, we do want to keep one element of our um, normal format, 
which is our ICUs, right? Because yeah. just as we have with our protocol of, you know, um, having, having a blessing and offering, we also want to recognize folks in our community. Um, and yeah. so we just want to um, go through, you know, our ICUs to pay homage real quick uh, before we get to chop it up with you, Na'alehu. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, cool. And I'll um I'll just model how we how we um usually do this. And so okay. for for this week, my ICU um it was really inspired by not not only seeing, you know, the pieces of the new film, but also going back and seeing some of the films that you created. Um Na'alehu and reminded me of just a bit of knowledge that I know about this man. Um, I want to send my ICU out to uh, the memory of uh, Papa Mao, mm. also known as uh, Mao Piluk, who was the master navigator, uh, who is from the Micronesian island of Sarawal, um, that the, the Polynesian voyage society uh, reached out to to uh, work with to regain uh, and re remember and be reminded of uh, this uh, ancestral knowledge this indigenous knowledge of right. uh, I believe they called it they or they call it celestial navigation mm -hmm. not using you know the modern instruments of navigation but to use uh, the elements and all the things that our ancestors used to navigate. Mm. Um, and so I just want to take this time to... The Poe Navigator. Yeah, the Poe <laughs> Navigator, the Micronesian term for Master Navigator, and that's P-W-O, y'all, right, P-W-O. Right. Um, if you are not familiar, um, we will put the link to uh, Na'alehu's documentary, which we can f you can find on YouTube, um, titled Mao Pilug uh, Wayfinder. We'll put the link to that so that you can learn more about uh, Papa Mao and the early voyages of uh, the Hokulea. All of that to say, Mao Pilug, Papa Mao, <laughs> I see you. Nice. Okay. Awesome. I'll awesome. go next. Um, my I my ICU. I want to recognize um, Nainoa Thompson. I know, um, Nahalo, you know him, right? You worked with him twice, and uh, I think it's the Papa Mao. He was in the Papa Mao. Yeah. And he's also in your uh, most recent documentary. But um, I think uh, what I loved is that in Papa Mao, he was he was more of the student, the crew member, right? Mm -hmm. And in your most re recent documentary, he's actually he's a he's a Po navigator, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, the teacher. That's the teacher. <laughs> he's uh, he went from being. Um, the what do you call it the karate kid to to mr miyagi <laughs> so he's no longer in karate kid days he's now mr miyagi in your recent documentary but uh nainoa thompson is the president of the polynesian voyaging society and a po navigator as we mentioned he's inspiring by his kapuna his teachers and uh he has dedicated his life to exploring yeah to exploring the deep meaning of voyaging among many of other uh, his great mentors. Uh, he names a few mentors like Yoshia. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying this last name right. Maybe Danny Boy or um, 
No, hello, you guys can help me, but it's Kawano. Kawano. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kawano. Kawano. Okay, yeah. Kawano. So Yoshio Kawano took him at an early age to tide pools to explore the mystery, the mysterious, um, the mysteries. Why did I say mysterious? The mysteries of the inshore ocean. And then Herb Kane also introduced him to the stars and his ancestors. Um, there were quite a few people that all, that um, that he also mentioned that Nainoa mentioned that were huge teachers in his life and. Um, uh, why am I blinking out? But the Papa one, Mao. Yeah, Papa Mao. Papa Mao was also one huge factor that helped him and shaped him and groomed him to being the master navigator that he is today. Anyhow, I say all that to want to recognize this uh, amazing, amazing um, navigator, Nainoa Thompson. I see a lot. I'm, I've actually watched two films about you already, and they're great things. I, I'm looking forward to finishing the film because I only watched an hour and a half in. But I want to say all this to say, Nainoa Thompson, I see you. Now, let me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, what's I think important to note is that you know both of you have picked up on um, on a on a teacher and then a student, and and that relationship was built on the deck of a voyaging canoe. And mm. I think um, the individual that I would like to I would like to point out in ICU would be um, my son Kolowikiao Anthony, uh, mm. who is on a journey of his own. He um, grew up in and around the canoe. I first took him on board for a sail when he was three years old, and now he's uh, he's an awesome young man who has taken all of those values and what he's learned both on and off the canoe. Uh-huh. And now he's embarking on his own journey wow. and he's just starting college out here um, in the Bay area. And I couldn't be more proud of him and all of his accomplishments, mm. uh, not only, not only academically, but, but how he has become the um, awesome young man that he is today. And so Koloi Kiao, I see you. <laughs> nice. Wow, that's awesome. Look at the just the it, it being passed down, right? All this yeah. All this knowledge, all this in, indigenous right. knowledge being passed down. Yeah. All start it all started from when uh when this came to be back in the seventies, yes. And we can get I think that's a good place for us to start because I know that um We've been doing a lot of promoting of the film Moana Nui Akea, but I think it would be good for us to start uh, back to your. Uh, that's not your first documentary film, was it? Not Alehu the um, the Papa Mao one. No, it was actually. Um, I had worked on a handful of other films previous to that, mm-hmm. and um, it was my first film that I directed and produced on my own. Let me tell you, I was just, we were, we were kind of discussing it earlier, Bex and I, about how um, there's just so much history mm. in, in that film that many of us don't know about and, and how it must have been to be it. Because were you able to uh, conduct some of those interviews? Like, were you able to interview Papa Mao? Was that done by you? Yeah. yeah what was, yeah. What was so, that like? You know, I mean, you know, the the bittersweet part about it was that I caught him so late in his life. 
Mm. And so, you know, you hear these early stories and he was basically, you know, he was a warrior. I mean, he, he was someone who, who was as far out as an outlier as you could get with respect to how courageous he needed to be to see this body of knowledge mm. carry forth. And so, you know, he was one of the youngest master navigators that there, there was. Mm. And when he took on, when, when they came to talk to him to say, they, the Polynesian Voyaging Society said, you know, we're going to build a canoe and sail it to Tahiti and we want you to navigate it. You know, he said, yes. And what that did was that shifted like a whole population of people of what they viewed as what was possible right. when they, mm. when they went and found Tahiti. Right. And then when they asked him to come back and teach, he, you know, he took that very seriously and he said he would, even though that body of knowledge had never been passed outside kind of the familial terms of that group of people. Mm-hmm. Right. This was the first time, and, and people in Micronesia were really angry about it because knowledge is power, knowledge right. is resource. And, you know, he, he took that risk because he also recognized that there was a change in what was valued in his place, you know, yeah. in Micronesia, and that maybe people wouldn't want to take the time and, and learn the stuff that he had to teach, but here were this group of Hawaiians that really wanted to learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he was one, he was one that took all kinds of risks to, to be able to do what he did. There's such power in that too, because, um, you know, in, in community work, right. There's, there's always this air of like gatekeeping, right. Mm. And folks don't want to share, uh, may, may not want to share knowledge or may not want to share resources or specifically like curriculum, right? And things like that because they want to keep it in-house mm-hmm. or they want to be able to be the ones to, to have that, that kind of um, knowledge and be able to offer that kind of thing. And, and what I take from this story is that it has to be, you know, it has to be beyond this. It has to be beyond mm-hmm. us. And here are people who are, Here's a group of people who have lost that kind of knowledge because of different things like colonization, right? And mm. um, all, all the impacts of colonization where a lot of indigenous knowledge, you know, may have been lost. You know, language was banned. Um, and to have this, I like how in the film it it tied into this time period in Hawaii, I believe, in the 70s of the Hawaiian Renaissance, mm-hmm. right? It, it referred back to that and how this knowledge just came to be <clears throat> um, offered up by Papa Mao. But there was some, there was some kind of, uh, there was some waves along the way, right? Because I, if I remember correctly in the film, Papa Mao, when he was a part of the first journey and, and Hokulea reached Tahiti, he kind of dipped, right? <laughs> he was not yeah. having it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, 
kind of a, an explanation of that would, would be that there was so much lost in terms of understanding of what it meant to go to sea mm. and what, how you had to behave and, and how you had to really, I think it comes down to how you hold the people on the canoe as your family mm-hmm. and, and that you have to embrace them like that. And if there's challenges that you have with individuals, you either bury it in the ground before you leave or you don't go. Mm. And I think that first voyage, maybe they, they didn't have that understanding of that as well as they needed to. Right. And and that's such an important message that. Yeah, uh, there's that, so many lessons in that. For real. Right? Just that part alone. In in the film itself, right? There's so right. many there's so many layers, uh, which is why I believe we've been processing it so much <laughs> and been kind of stuck. Is just that there's such a there's such a new way of thinking, right? And there's so many ways mm-hmm. in which these messages from the the film connect to our our lives still to this day. Just even with people, you know, with relationships we have with our own family, uh, relationships we have with ourselves. Mm. our culture our our knowledge our history right um it's just so it's just so beautiful and so powerful and what i love about uh what i you know from what i've seen in the uh mao piluk documentary is that there is such an emphasis on what you just shared Na'alehu, about how it's about uh staying together right it's about it's about making sure that no matter what we are good and we are together and we, it's not just about yeah. us, but it's about the community at large. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's, that's like, uh, that's the part that I think we, we need to embrace as, as voyagers is that like, uh, when you go out on the canoe, everything is very clear how you have to behave. You're on, you're on an Island with, the floating island with just a handful of people. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you hold them in community? How do you hold them as family as Ohana? You have limited resources. How do you utilize those resources mm-hmm. so that you can have enough to get to your destination? And you you have people mm-hmm. who are in leadership who literally are the wayfinders to help you find your way to these new lands, this new destination. And mm-hmm. all of those things are metaphors for what's important for us as native people right now mm-hmm. all of that that's so true yeah. Yeah. so many uh selah moments how important yeah. just really stop and reflect and think um just I, the power in it all because that whole mindset of um you know just kind of thinking like individualistically you know like that's thrown out the door once you come on the canoe it's now you're community mind like your mindset has to be all on people like working together family community like that's just the the work you know that's just the mindset you kind of you have to pick up it's like nothing is about you even when you get sick you can't even keep that to yourself (laughs) you have to you know um you know that you either have to get rid of it which he said you know you got to bury those feelings or you got to get the help of like people that are on the boat that'll kind of give you whatever emotional or physical help that you need. But it's important that when you get on the canoe from what I've seen is that it's no longer about you and it's, it, 
it's like it's about like just the people around you because that's all you have at the end of the day you know so and i think it's not limited to just the the canoe right like it like you like you said not it's a metaphor for right. um shoot life right yes. now right like <laughs> that we should be thinking about this on land too and thinking about the land as the same yeah. way as if we were on if we were all aboard right a canoe right trying to find new land or find our way how are we going to do that and be sustainable and in harmony together mm. yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i i really appreciate it too uh i know you said you you um interviewed papa mao you know in the later stages of his life but there was a lot of um history captured back when they were first setting sail from uh when they were getting ready from Hawaii to you know to go from Hawaii to Tahiti and just all that all that old school footage it was just it was like uh, amazing to see right and i was thinking to myself why are why don't we know this already or why why are we learning this mm -hmm. um in the classrooms you know and, and to be able to have these kind of films um available right it's like oh we have the tools right here mm -hmm. you know what was um what was the most uh rewarding thing in creating uh that that film Na'alehu? well i'll tell you um one of the things and it's, it's kind of nuanced i don't know people sometimes don't really even notice it but like um most documentaries will ask the subject to interview in the director's or the producer's language of comfort, you know, no, most notably English. So mm -hmm. Mao could speak English. Mao could certainly um, hold a conversation in English, mm. but it wasn't his language of comfort. Mm. He wanted to, he was more descriptive and was more comfortable and at ease and could therefore show emotion better in his language of Sarawalese. Mm. And so we switched the kind of the, the thought of what would make it easy on us. And we really wanted to make sure that he had all the tools necessary to express himself. Nice. And so that's why his his interviews are in Sarawalese, is because if you watch closely, the stuff that he's talking about, you can hear the sadness in his voice in some places and the excitement in his voice and the happiness yeah. and the contentment. Mm -hmm. And that's only going to come from the language of comfort and him being in a place to really express himself and not have to search for the words in a language that's second to him. Right, mm. right, right. So I'm really proud of that, that we made that choice editorial-wise to put the burden on us to get the translations right and and to, you know, figure out how to, how to interact with him in a language that we didn't speak, but to give him the opportunity to really express himself. Mm. I, I really appreciate the, the... There's so much culture in the way that you approach that you approach that, right? I wanted to ask, do you always consider culture 
or maybe it's just who you are, right? When when it comes to your filmmaking, I think all of that to ask, like, you know, tell us just how you got into filmmaking or why you got into filmmaking, because it seems like most directors wouldn't do that, right? It would just be about their comfort, as yeah. you said, right? Using their language, their language of comfort. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a bunch of reasons why I became a filmmaker, and they're all kind of informed by this, really, this opportunity to um, educate and also to bring forth a perspective that maybe hadn't had been hadn't been brought forth as much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, my, both my parents are activists. They've, I grew up on a picket line. I grew up in, in a, in a space of, you know, protest mm. and like, I can remember like protesting outside the state Capitol when I was like 12 years old, thinking to myself, like, you know, there's, there's gotta be a better way to get our point across than just, just protesting outside the building. Mm, I mean, I, I think right, protest yeah. is absolutely necessary in certain spaces and, we're seeing that right now, what protests can do mm-hmm. um, and how it's unfolding, you know, in 2019 up on the Mauna. But, but really the, the process of that in order to engage a large audience, you have to figure out how to educate along the way. Right. And, you know, both my parents are educators and they, they you know, they, they had a version of what they wanted to do with how they engaged audience but when i first was working in tv and figured out that i could evoke emotion from people mm-hmm. through something that i edited that was like that was the high for me i was like okay how do i do that again and that's really what i've been kind of chasing around this whole time in tv is and, and in film is to is to build something that is authentic mm-hmm. and build something that is informative and maybe a little entertaining, but ultimately it's going to evoke emotion that will stick with you mm. and that will change you. And if you can, if you can do that through the power of media, then you have an opportunity to reach many, many, many people. Yes. Oh my goodness. I'm, I, that deep breath is just, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's relief because I definitely feel that I have, uh, that you have captured me in that sense. I, I couldn't stop crying at just the things that I've seen from the film, even right. um, not just with Moana Nuiakea, but even going back to looking at the uh, Mao Pialu documentary and just how there's so much mana mm. within, the, within these two films. And I'm sure everything else that you've created because your intention is there, right? Because your your mana is there yeah i mean and i should put a master next to that right now that there is a massive team of people who mm-hmm. have worked on the stuff that i've i've been able to work on as well and yes you know a huge team of people that shot on the worldwide voyage and you know a, a group of us who have now built into a, a place where we understand each other enough to really get to this point of 
knowing what to do in the storytelling process mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to evoke that emotion. And and I would I would offer that some of these folks that we get to work with are the best in the field, the absolute best. Absolutely. And that's, that's how we get it done. That's how we get it done. Shout out to the whole team, right? And yeah. and thank you for uh, recognizing that too or bringing that to our, our attention because just like with the voyage, right? It's not just one person. It's everybody. It's every you know everybody playing a part to make this happen. And there, that's such a yeah. that's such a message that carries over on all things that we do, even with this platform we have here, right? It's not just Bex and I. You know, we have Tom, right? Uh, our producer, our we guests. our guests, yep. the community. It's mm-hmm. it, and that's sponsors, yep. sponsor, yeah, sponsors, and that's just really the spirit that we want to. Mm-hmm continue to cultivate here mm. because it is very cultural yep and that's something that is you know important and imperative to all of us to be able to live and sustain mm-hmm. before we uh, yep. move on Alejo, i just wanted to ask you like personally as a filmmaker right like what does filmmaking mean to you or for you yeah, you know, there's this um, been just this amazing journey of being able to look in and visit and connect with people whom I would never had the opportunity to do so, but for the fact that we're storytellers and that our community takes what we're doing seriously and, and allows us in with, with genuine aloha. And the, the part that is so amazing to me is, is just the things that I've been able to witness um, in and around our community, whether it's on a voyaging canoe and going off into other places and meeting people we would never have met, except for the fact that we're on a canoe, mm. or even just within our community to start to really see what... Um, what a positive reflection in and around our community looks like and how people are, have totally embraced the Ike and the perspective, the Kuona Ike of our kupuna and are doing it today and are holding those values closest to them today. And they've got their heads down and they're doing the work. And that when, when we have an opportunity to look in on that, and storyteller around that, that means that we get to tell people about some of the good work that's going on in the community. And that's like, that's the most satisfying thing. Mm. I feel that. <laughs> that's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, well, thinking about the, f- the new film, right? The film that we'll be screening next week with the community. Yeah, yeah. Moana Nui Akea. I wanted to ask you, would you please define... Uh, Moana Nui Akea for us? Sure. So, people genuinely usually want to know, like, why did we choose a basically unpronounceable name (laughs) to most people as the title of our film? And, you know, every chance we get, we push on the envelope of what's possible. Mm -hmm. And we push on... um, 
the, this idea that that if people want to come in and look at what we have to offer in story as Hawaiians, that that we can do so. We we will do so, but they need to come along with us and learn a little bit too. And so, Moana Nuiakea is really an important word for all Polynesian people. It is um, it is it literally translates to what I think Westerners have defined as like the Pacific Ocean, right? Moana Nuiakea, the the um, the big ocean and the vast expanse. Mm. And one of the things that I've been playing off of with, the, with this title is that actually we have now redefined Moana Nuiakea. It's not just the Pacific Ocean anymore. We have redefined it as the ocean, the oceans of the planet. Mm. And that we're claiming all of it. We sailed around the planet through yes. all the different oceans, the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean and all these different, the Tasman Sea and all these mm. different places. But but now that we've done it, it's like Moana Nuiakea has a much broader implication than just the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. That all these oceans connect us and all these oceans are part of that vast expanse. Mm. Wow. That's good. That's deep. <laughs> That's hella deep. I hella feel that. And, and it... It it um it shines throughout the film, I have to say. You know, just being able to see the voyage and also like within the film, see how uh, we were just able to to track the Hokulea on its voyage. Right, that was amazing. I know, yeah. That was amazing, and just to see all the different places that that the Hokulea went to, like um. Uh, where did where did where did it, where did it say like Cuba, mm-hmm. Africa, Africa. Um, Tanzania, right? Did I make that up? No, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mo- Mo- Mozambique, Mozambique, uh, Mozambique. Mozambique. Yeah. Okay, Mozambique. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think the, Go ahead. The the part that was so cool was that they let us document all along the way so that we could bring these places back home to viewers. You know, right. I mean, you know, Cuba was just opening, right? There was like, it was like in the infancy of reopening to allow, um, you know, people into Cuba. It was it had been a closed place before that. Um, places like the Galapagos and, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly Cape Town, South Africa. I think it just gave a different meaning to the kids back mm-hmm. at home and the people who are following back at home as to how, how connected we actually are on the planet. Yeah, and just right. the level of respect that each each um, yeah. site that you all went to, you all came with such respect, and so much respect was yeah honored. given, yeah. honored, right? Like, and so many people were excited because you all were uh, embarking on on this journey. Yeah, that that essentially connects and links us all, like you said, with with what the title defines. It, it's beautiful. Um. And and the voyage itself, right? The voyage itself was uh, is referred to as Malama Honua. And I wanted to ask, would you please also uh, define that for us? Sure. I mean, I think in the broad terms, Malama Honua meant, you know, to to take care of the planet. And really, the the architects of the voyage, Nainoa and the, and the leadership team, took it as like 
what can our contribution be to start the conversation or keep the conversation going about how we're going to take care of this other island, mm. island Earth, mm. as we enter into this tremendous time of change and this tremendous time of, um, of challenge. Mm. And so really we're taking the, the metaphor of what lessons are learned on the deck of the canoe and bringing them to a much larger audience to start to hopefully help them understand what we learn on the canoe is directly applicable to what we're doing on land. So that was, that was kind of the idea behind Malama Hondua. Mm. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely um, compelling me to think about my relationship with uh, the whole Nua, right? With the, with the earth, with Island earth. And so um, I'm still processing that, <laughs> still working, working that out. Um, but I just wanted to turn the table a little bit and ask you more so from a production standpoint, right? Cause I, I recognize that there's a lot of preparation that had to go into uh, preparing for this, this voyage around the world. Cause I believe it, it was stated that it took what about six years uh, researching and planning. Um, I know Nainoa was saying, you know, we do all this research, this research, and there just has to come a point where you, you just do it, right? Um, and so I wanted to ask, like, how, what was it like uh, preparing for this journey as a filmmaker and as a, as a voyager? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the filmmaking preparation is probably uh, the hardest the hardest part for us is because previous to this, so like when I, when I shot previous voyages, we wouldn't shoot the whole voyage and we certainly wouldn't edit material as we went. We would just capture a bunch of stuff and take it home and edit on it later. Mm. But really the, the dynamic of viewer to that, that relationship of viewer to, to project meant that we couldn't wait 30 days to edit some material and then, and then show people, people now have, you know, iPhones in their pockets and they want to know what's happening right now. Right. Right. And they, they want to hear that story today when it happened today. And, and so because of the way the news cycle works, we had to set up for an entirely different voyage than stuff that I had done in the past. And so what that meant was the technology had to shift and we, we had to, you know, delve into a bunch of satellite technology that would allow us to move material off of a voyaging canoe back to home, um, both stills and video and all that kind of stuff. But we also needed daily service for individuals who are part of our team to um, send things back and produce stuff every single day for 1,000 days Ooh. for three years. Right. And so we had a ton of prep and we sat a bunch of interviews and we shot a bunch and we tested a bunch of gear and we got all this stuff ready. But then basically once we left in May of 2014, we did not stop shooting until we got back in June of 2017. 
right? So the, the architecture of how you manage media, the architecture of how you communicate, how you change time zones, how you mm. make sure that the person on board the canoe has the things they need, how you fix broken gear, how you, yeah. how you land into a new port and get, you know, the three or four most important things, Wi-Fi, a cell phone, you know, and, and house power, how you do all that means, you know, reinventing how you do production day in and day out. And then, and then also the technology shifted dramatically. So, you know, I tell people like, you know, gimbals didn't exist and drones, the drone technology wasn't great when we left. Mm. But by the time we were done, you know, you could shoot all night with a Sony camera into the deep, deep night. And you could also take off and land from a moving canoe with a drone. Mm. Yeah. And so you have all these different tools at your fingertips to, you know, tell this very ancient story. That's amazing. <laughs> and they, I mean, thank goodness for technology in that sense, right? right. <laughs> Helping yeah. uh, to capture all these different elements. Cause there's just so many right. beautiful images in the film, like, period from the aerial right. uh, view, which I'm imagining came from the something like a drone to yeah. the shots on the canoe at night where you, I'm assuming you're getting your lighting from the stars and the moon. <laughs> and, yeah. and the, the moon, the moon was our key light. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's just, it's amazing. This again, there's just so many elements that you've, Right. Can't help but feel the mana. It's inescapable. You know, not 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 a little. What were some of your personal um, challenges, though, just throughout that whole journey of documenting, filming in in the voyage? Like, what were some of your personal challenges, if you had any? Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's like one long set of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I think uh, I think first and foremost, just getting to a place where um, I could leave for as much time as I needed to leave. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was gone for like between 90 and 120 days a year. Cause if I wasn't voyaging, I was, I was flying to the next port to shoot or tech or do something that had to do with um, making sure that we, we didn't lose any kind of connectivity or, you know, that our equipment would work. And so mm. I would, I was the lead um, tech for all of the, all the broadcast equipment. Um, you know, c- certainly like what I tell people that, that maybe isn't, isn't super clear when you, when you see the film, but when you're shooting on board the deck of the canoe, it's like, how do you not get bored as a photographer? I mean, you can shoot the first 10 days and think you've got, every single conceivable angle and every single conceivable thing shot. Mm -hmm. And we have 990 more days, you know? Mm. And so really keeping yourself sharp as a photographer is really hard. It's really hard. Um, And that, that actually came with how we set up the different photographers for the different legs. Like, uh, you know, almost like an informal kind of set of challenges. Like people would come back with just amazing, amazing material. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, okay, well, if they did that and I hadn't thought of that, then I need to go back and reinvent it again and, you know, do more of it. 
and and figure out how to how to send something back that gets them riled up as well that they want to do something better and so you know there's the there's obviously just keeping the the sharp edge as a photographer going and then you know the probably the last piece in terms of where we were in post-production and just trying to cut this film is just it's just doubt Mm. you know that we we shot four thousand hours of material wow you know, the question is, can we actually make a film out of it? Like, it's easy to shoot stuff. Yeah, right. And people shoot stuff all the time and never make films out of it, you know, and, and the, the doubt coming from, you know, is there a story here that people are going to want to see? Mm-hmm. Is there a story here that we're capable of telling in terms of, you know, the talent that we have and the dollars that we have, which buys us, you know, a certain amount of time to be able to cut this film together? Do mm-hmm. Do we have it? You know, can we make it? It, it, yeah, it's, it's the same kind of navig- probably, it's yeah. the same kind of navigation uh right because I feel like a lot of navigators were were expressing some of that um, mm. doubt as well or the younger navigators I should say mm. in terms of mm. um, being led to yeah. to yeah. S- to sort of be be the at the helm of the voyage right. and be in charge of whatnot and the the teachers that were on board, I forgot, I think his name was Uncle Bruce. Uncle Bruce, yeah. Yeah, there was the one time where uh, the young man who was navigating uh, wished that Uncle Bruce kind of helped, helped him, out, him out. Helped him out more, but it was more so like, okay, where do you think we are now? Yeah. And he would tell him, and he's like, okay, yeah, that's where we at. And just kind of <laughs> leave it there, right? And, and it's like, you have to just, you just have to do, you just have to go, right? You just have to do it. Even though we're met with um, physical challenges as well as uh, internal challenges, <laughs> and it, what you're yeah, yeah. what you've explained sounds totally like a, just another navigation of itself, right? Another voyage of itself. Was your son able to join you at all on this the whole journey? He actually he was so nice. Um, he came out to see us arrive in. Um, in New Zealand, which oh. was awesome. I'd sailed the trip from Samoa to Tonga to New Zealand, and he came there. Oh, wow. And then he also came out to New York when we were up there. Wow. Um, nice. Bringing the canoe in. And then he actually got to sail with us in French Polynesia on the way back. Uh, he sailed from Tahiti to um, Raiatea and back with us on the canoes um, before we took the canoe home to Hawaii. Wow. Something I was thinking about, uh, Na'alehu was thinking about, because you, you know, like you said, you all have captured over, uh, was it 400,000 hours of uh, footage? Or 4,000? 4,000 hours. 4,000 hours. 4,000 hours. Um, What's a story that comes to mind uh, on the voyage that might not have been captured on film? Mm. You know, that maybe thinking about a meaningful, something that meaningful uh, happened that you can recall. Because I know you're on the voyage as a filmmaker, but I I would imagine it's also a spiritual experience for you as well, yes? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the pieces that that is hard 
and got harder as we went along was this idea that, you know, we're crew members, we're sailing as crew members, we're standing watch, we're doing all the things crew members are doing, but we're somewhat removed from the crew because of the, the amount of work that had to get done mm. as photographers. And so you start to feel that disconnect. And at some point you just yearn to just be a crew member and mm. just be, and be, you know, completely enveloped in this idea of voyaging and not have to worry about the technical things and the stuff that comes with, you know, um, emailing home twice a day. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of probably the, the part where like, um, sometimes, and I encouraged the boys to do this as well. Sometimes it was like, you know what? Um, some of this stuff is just meant for you guys. Mm. Don't shoot it. That sunset that is unbelievable. Don't look at it through a viewfinder. Just sit there and enjoy it. Yeah. Just take that part of the story and make that for you. And 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 it, it falls under the uh, the the idea that you know what you have to be here to enjoy this thing. You cannot come in as a viewer to enjoy yeah. this one single thing. This this you had to be here for. Mm-hmm. And it could be a moon rising on the ocean. It could be a sun rising. It could be just this ama- amazing moment that is not for anybody else but the crew. I love it. And that's that's so uh, that sounds so familiar, I think, with just this day and age that we live in with technology and how so many of us are addicted to it or glued to right, it. Right. Yeah. We are all always you know, existing in this world, looking down at our phones and never looking up and just enjoying uh, the sunrise or the sunset and always trying to capture the moment versus just being present and living in it. And I mean, I I know the the technical piece in the background is hard, but I I feel or I know that the result Mm. is... um, the result impacts so many, so many people that it lives on for, uh, forever. You know, there's so many, there's so much sacrifice that had to go into not only embarking on this journey, right. But to capture it as well. Right. Yeah. And it's just so, gosh, it's just so layered that like when you think of the magnitude of, of this and the beauty of it, you can't help but just cry t- uh, tears of joy, right? And cry those monophile tears because it is so spiritually uh, beautiful. Mm. You know, there's an element in the film too where I really appreciated this this kind of um, this kind of juxtaposition between, you know. Uh, math and science and oh. like this kind of Western knowledge and just being able to trust, trust the, you know, the spirit, yeah, the spirits, mm-hmm. um, the ancestors, the, the elements, nature, heavens, the winds, heavens, waves. everything, you know, it's just like, pay attention to this. We can't compute everything like that. Yeah. We have, sometimes we just have to be present and embrace it all. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. It's just, it's just also, it's also captivating. 
and so uh, warming inside. Thinking about that, Na'alehu, what would, could you speak on um, maybe some of the rewarding experiences uh, from this voyage and putting this film together? Well, you know, the part that is this this duality with a voyage and, and with what we're trying to do in media is that the voyage would obviously have resonance no matter what. Mm. But it would largely be contained to the 13 or 14 people on board the canoe if we didn't have these elements of storytelling and documentation embedded into this voyage. Mm -hmm. And so really the, the trick and the art for us is to capture those moments that are unbelievably meaningful and bring them to a larger audience in a respectful way. And so just, I mean, just bringing the film out and bringing the film to different audiences who maybe have interacted with canoes or with, you know, with the story of Hokulea a little bit, or in some cases have never heard about the canoe before, but get it, but get the reason why voyaging is important and get the reason why these young people learning navigation Mm. in you know in 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 this day and age is important is a huge reward for us as storytellers mm -hmm. because what it does is it starts to infuse the mana and the perspective of the voyage in a larger audience in an increasingly larger audience that says yep canoes are important i never even knew what a canoe was before i saw this film but it's clear that the the knowledge and the practice of navigation embedded in taking a canoe into the deep sea is important for our, our native people right now. Even though there's a number of ways to get from one place to the next, that's not what this is about. This right. is about these journeys that embed all of these values and these ways of, of seeing through, through indigenous knowledge that make it a completely different journey that's critical for what we're trying to do right now in 2019. Absolutely. Boy. Um, I know with, with uh, the importance of this film, with uh, thinking, there's so many themes that I took away from um, the film, thinking about different words that, you know, uh, were highlighted for me thinking about uh, sacredness, community, uh, protection, responsibility, uh, leadership, and even uh, there's. I heard this word a lot, especially in the first uh, film, the Papa Mao documentary, um, magic, right? <laughs> the word magic was uh, referred to a lot. Just with all of these. Um, important elements that are layered in this film. What is a hope of yours that you hope uh, this film communicates to audiences across the world? 
Well, you know, the interesting thing about this film is that, like, different people get really different things out of the film. There's all these different elements that are embedded in it that I think speak to the wisdom of our ancestors and mm -hmm. how complex this stuff really is. And so when you start to lay it out in film format, different people pick up on different elements of it, depending on what they're kind of attuned to. Mm -hmm. and, and if I had to point to one of those things, if I had to, like, if you, if you were, you know, we we're going to point to one of the things that, is in the film that I really hope comes across and that people get is, is just this idea that, right? Like native people lived on islands for thousands of years in a sustainable fashion. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a container ship full of resource from somewhere else right. to right. save them every week. Mm -hmm. They, they grew their own food. They sustained a population. They had master craftsmen that were supported throughout, you know, the, the larger community. And they did so in a way that continued on for thousands of years. Mm. And in the last couple hundred, like we've just wrecked it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And embedded in the values and the perspective and the knowledge of our ancestors mm -hmm. are the answers. Yes. It's clear that, that the, our ancestors have the wisdom, not had, have the wisdom to show us the way. That part. And the question is whether or not we are going to acknowledge that and seek that out and make that the path to mm. me. Yes. I love it. I like how you... And I think this, this film is one of the pieces of that. It's not the answer, but it's one of the pieces that gives us a, a, a data point to say, yep, yeah. this is the direction we need to go. Yeah, that, that sentiment is definitely captured because I'm definitely taking that in for myself and thinking about how am I going to be responsible in... Malama in this whole, mm. our whole nua, right? Um, man, Ay. and I like how you, I like how you, um, prefaced the 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 tense of the word, right? Right. How our ancestors have, not had, not had, but they have the answers. They have it in the knowledge that they possess. So powerful, and and, and all of this makes me also think about what's happening now on Mauna Kea. Right, and I just wanted to ask: Have you been able to uh, be up there on the Mauna? And if so, what what was that experience like for you? Yeah, um, I've been up like five or six times now, in in for varying amounts of time. Um, I just I want to acknowledge at this point the people who have been up there for you know, almost every day, if not every day for the last 69 days, holding it down on the mountain. Yeah. And that my contribution as a photographer and as a, as a storyteller has been very small. Uh, when you start to compare some of the people that have been up there 
utilizing every storytelling tool available to make sure that mm. people don't forget that there are hundreds mm. and sometimes thousands of people on the mountain holding it down. Yeah. 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 And, you know, what I've been able to witness with my own eyes as a storyteller and as someone who captures images um, is nothing short of amazing when you start to think about what was there 70 days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. today, the day we're talking on the, and recording this, it's, it's been 69 days since they went up there and made, made a constant presence at the Monica access road. Mm-hmm. But 70 days ago, 70 days ago, there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. There was a lava field with Hulu Hulu on one side and Mauna Kea on the other side. There's no electricity. There's no running water. There's no infrastructure. There's no sewer. And a small group of people came in to say, we're not going to allow the further desecration of our lands mm. and our place, our Aina, anymore. Mm. And what has transpired is a reflection of the beauty and the aloha of our people. And let me tell you why. They have built an entire compound Mm -hmm. that feeds Mm -hmm. every single person who's up there every single day. And on the weekends, as you can imagine, when people have time off, that number swells. Mm -hmm. I have seen with my own eyes four and 5,000 people there on a weekend day. Wow. And this community feeds them all. Wow. And this community does so from the abundance of those who support what's going on on Mauna Kea. Yes. And they do so with aloha. Mm. You know, you hear this term of kapu aloha that has, um, has re-energized the way in which we have a perspective of how we see not only each other, but those who might oppose what's going on up there. And it is infused in everything that is done. And so this community that has popped up there, it fully embraces this idea of Tapu Aloha, and it is the, I believe, the reflection of what it must have been like many hundreds of years ago Mm -hmm. when our people were defined by the aloha that they had for each other and how it is that aloha was, was something that meant that the more resource you had wasn't defined as how much you could hold on to. Mm -hmm. It was defined as how much of it you could give. Yes. Yes. And that's what we're seeing up there. And it's, it's nothing short of amazing. How, How do you see, what's happening on the Mauna um, connected to the film? Well, maybe not connected to the film as much it is, as it is connected to the voyage. You know, there, oh, can I, yes, sorry. Connected to the there voyage. Has been, yeah, there has been an, a reinvigoration of things Hawaiian over the last 40 years since we, what is now termed the Hawaiian Renaissance when Stuff like Koholawe, the struggle for Koholawe was going on. Kokulea was sailing. Mm-hmm. You saw hula and oli and mele and music, you know, Lang- coming to full bloom. And you see 
language absolutely being reinvigorated. Yes. <clears throat> and 40 years into that, you are seeing uh, the fruits of those labor, those labors, right? So you see the second and third generation of voyagers come. You see these people who have been embedded in struggle, but have also gotten their, um, uh, the, their, the, the Western paper mm-hmm. that would come from PhDs and JDs and MDs that allow them to be able to walk in either world and do really, really well mm-hmm. and bring their perspective, their native perspective into the Western mainstream. Yes. And so what, what you have now is just this, this collision of culture and understanding of how land and the collective spirit of each other can manifest into something positive mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, enough is enough. We're not going to do this anymore like this. We're going to do it different. And we're going to do it in a way that that is more reflective of where we came from to hopefully reauthor where we're going. Mm. Hey, oh. Selah. Selah. There's just such this huge sense of, uh, I don't know if I brought this up earlier in terms of um, renewal versus extinction and how even even the, the, the resurgence of all of that back in the, uh, the, the 70s, right, with language, hula, mele, oli, uh, voyaging, all of the things that came came back up, how these things were renewed uh, because they were either facing extinction or once extinct. And how that really translates into the, the direction we're headed into now, right? And how we must, must continue to renew and revive and nurture and mm. feed into before, before it all becomes extinct, right? And uh, I don't know. That's just a thought. That's a closing thought I, I had that I wanted to share. Um, I, I recognize that it's getting a little past the hour, and I, we know you're a busy man, Na'alehu, and we just want to say thank you so much for your time. and Thank you. And your energy and your knowledge and your wisdom and for answering our questions and dealing with our unpreparedness. <laughs> but just to share space with you in conversation has been, uh, again, rewarding. Um, I just want to offer up some space for you if you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to say before um, before we head up out of here. Yeah, I mean, first first and foremost, I just want to mahalo you folks for taking the time with this and, and for engaging in this discussion. I mean, I think these are the kinds of discussions that have to take place for us to move forward together. And um, I'm just so grateful that you folks would would take time and, and would um, allow me to, you know, come on your show and, and talk a little bit. And, you know, I hope one of the things that's really worked out well for us, I think, in terms of making sure that people can see the film is that, you know, I, I hope that your listeners and the, and the, the folks that you folks represent can either make it to the film um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, or that we can find ways for people to see the film if they want to. 
Um, mm, maybe you know, like have small screenings our, our, or something. Yeah, 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 more screenings. Our, our vision is first and foremost we want people to see the film. Yeah. So you know, filmmaking for us. I mean, obviously we have to, you know, cover the cost that we need to cover in order to make films. But first and foremost, we want people to see our stuff. That's why you can find Papa Mal available online for free mm. because we don't want to put a gate up so that only people who have their $20 for the DVD can see it. Yeah. We want everybody to see it. Yeah. And I think certainly with this film, um, it's when it's seen in a collective space and it's seen by multiple people who can talk about what that means to them after the film's done, that's a really important space to have and hold so that we can persist mm-hmm. as Kanaka. Even if we're in the sea of concrete, we can still persist. Yes, and, come on. <laughs> you know, your, your show, our ability to come together, these films, these things that are the data points, the breadcrumbs yeah. that lead our people together are important. They're, they're paramount, especially now. And so um, I would just leave you with a deep sense of gratitude and mahalo for the work that you folks are doing in your community and that um, I will make... make um, you know, our stuff uh, available to you folks if you need it so that we can help to get the word out and make sure that, you know, our people um, have uh, a positive reflection of them for them by us in our communities. Mm. A big mahalo to you, Na'alehu. Mahalo, Faftai, Malo Alpito. And all the ways in which you say thank you, Vinaka, Vinaka Vakalevu. <laughs> Just thank you so much for all of your uh, words thank of you encouragement, nothing. your, your yeah. love, and just all the work that you do. Thank you so much. Yeah, mahalo. Mahalo. Can't uh, wait to see you guys soon. I yes, know. I can't, can't wait to see you. see you next week. Okay. Okay. okay aloha. Aloha. Thank you so much. Okay. You take care. You too. Aloha. Bye. Yo, <laughs> he said, even if we're on the sea of concrete, we can still persist. Right, bruh. bruh. <laughs> I think we should bring the bruh in real quick now that it's just us. But man, I am uh, so taken back. That was that was a great conversation and super chill, dude. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm over here this whole time. Like, I'm sure it comes through the airwaves of how nervous I sound and just in my head I am because. Again, there's so much to process because, you know, oftentimes in the community or even on this platform of ours, the conversations we have, we, you know, we talk about things a lot and we're out here doing things, but to see things done in, in this sense, right? Because we know that our ancestors were, were uh, master navigators. They were seafaring people to see like that this film is is available right to see the voyage and 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 it's not just about the voyage but it's about the connection mm. and yeah our world and about the future generations right mm. seven generations from now it's like we we have a responsibility yes to to care for everyone yeah and that includes us yes I, i'm i don't know i'm I'm having a whole lot of Selah. How about you, partner? Yeah, I know. I think uh, there are so many takeaways. Uh, but one of the 
greatest takeaways I felt I I felt like I sat here and just contemplated on was the you know just the transferring of like you know just uh you know like values and customs and traditions that we that we hold you know and to never keep that within to always give it to the next person or family member or even people just give it give it away yeah it goes back to what Ty had mentioned a million episodes ago go to the grave empty you know and just just important to always share share the trades share the you know just the things that will benefit the net other generations to come mm-hmm. yeah so there's yeah. a lot of goodies there's a lot of goodies yeah um so again y'all we i know we've been promoting the film um Check it if, out. if you haven't got your tickets already we have a bit.ly on our instagram um, that you can check out, and we'll also share the links uh, on this on this episode. So be sure to check out the notes um, to tap in and reserve your seats for the screening. And we'll look into you know Naalehu saying he'll um, he would share the film with us so that we can make sure that the film gets seen. Maybe we can schedule some uh, some smaller screenings so that we make sure that this film gets seen and we right. have larger discussions about the themes that come out because i i tell y'all when y'all see this it's gonna it's gonna impact you in a way that i th- i think you haven't felt in a while mm. right it really compels you to think about culture history um our future direction of where we're headed life love our relationships with people forgiveness and community this is it's so multi-layered that i just can't wait for y'all to see it um again the screenings are next week uh tuesday it'll be in san francisco at the roxy theater at 6 p.m it says it's sold out oh that's what it says but there is a there is a wait list Oh, for real? Yeah, but I'm I'm on it right now. Sold out. Oh, okay. Sorry about it. So, it's sold but out, y'all. I don't know. What, let me see if Wednesday. But, but Wednesday, it's playing in Oakland at Mills College. I believe it's also at 6 p.m., yeah? Yep. Uh, that's also at 6 p.m. And if you're not able to make it out to these two screenings, maybe there will be more screenings in the future. Sold out. Oh, they're both, both sold out. Hey, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I Because mean, I know... Um, at one point, they were, you know, just taking donations for the film, whatever you could donate. They welcomed. But yeah. but because of a sponsor, they were able to make the screening free. Yeah. Uh, but but still, it's encouraged to donate. Yeah. Because uh, like Na'alehu said, they still have cost to take care of for the film. But yeah. the most important thing is to get the to get it screened and to get it shown out there to the community. So there might be smaller screenings coming up. Stay tuned, y'all. Um, but come out nonetheless. <laughs> Just chill. Yeah, come out. You know, we'll, we'll chop it up. We'll yeah. talk about it. We'll be there. We'll be there both. Both screenings. Um, but yeah, thank y'all for tapping into this thank special you. episode. And we hope that you all got your dose of um, conversation and discussion and dialogue. I really appreciated um, being able to have this space with Na'alehu. I feel like we are <laughs> we are um, hella blessed and hella humbled to have had that definitely that time in that space. And I know for me personally, as a filmmaker, I have uh, 
I have taken note. Yeah. Um, I'm very inspired by you and Alehu. So just want to say a special shout out to you that I see you. Yes. Um, as always, you can tap in with us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at For the Cultures. And if you want to hit us up via email, for the cultures at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got anything, partner? No, that's it. I, I want to talk about the film, but we'll wait for the next episode to kind of give our thoughts about like the spiritual awakening that you both that we both had <laughs> yeah. in this whole process. Let's, let's go watch it again. Let's go watch it again one time. <laughs> oh Lord, that's it, man. All right, looking forward to watching the film and meeting up with y'all. Come meet us. Come CAC for the cultures out there. Both screenings will be out there. Yes, we'll see y'all until the next episode. Power to the people. Yes. Um. And take care of yourselves. Yes. Peace and love, y'all. Peace, love, and happiness. This episode is brought to you by Andrew Vai and Lisa Lavulo. Thank you for the generous donation and your continued support. We see y'all, fam. What are we doing it for? We're doing it for the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture. For the culture.